Hey guys, before we get started today, we wanted to give a quick shout out to the DP's newest podcast, In the Cut. We are no longer the DP's only podcast. Yay! In the Cut is a podcast for people finding their way at Penn who don't subscribe to the mainstream culture. Part comedy, part real talk, they'll keep you up to date on interesting, overlooked things going on around campus, around Philly, or in pop culture trends. In their pilot episode, they talk about a seat at the table, Atlanta, and sliding into LinkedIn DMs. SEPTA mostly. Okay, and why is that? Um, cost. Mm-hmm. Mostly cost. And um, do you ever take Uber or just? I have, but mostly when there's not public transportation to get there. Do you use Uber or SEPTA? Uber. Why? Uh, it just seems more convenient that you can come right to my door. Well, I mean, I'm honestly pretty new here, so I don't, I haven't like fully established my schedule, but I've used the mix so far, but I'm trying to get more into using the SEPTA. Uber. Why? It used to be Scepter, but more Uber now. Why is that? Uh, it's cheap. It's cheaper? Yeah. Is that the only reason? And it's convenient. I use I use pretty much exclusively Uber. I used to use Scepter when I first moved here, but ever since like Uber came out, I haven't used it at all. I use Scepter. Okay, and why Scepter over Uber? Is this sometimes cheaper? Sometimes cheaper. Sometimes cheaper. I use Scepter. I use the trolley right outside. I Uber all the time. You, I Uber. I've never Scepter. I Uber every weekend. Hey guys, welcome back to Quite Frankly. I'm Sydney Shadell. And I'm Leopold Spohn-Gellert. I stood on Spruce Street to ask people if they'd take SEPTA or Uber. And you may be wondering why I did that. And no, it's not so I can stalk people on their commute. It's because our topic for this episode is... The, the pen, pen Bubble! bubble. <laughs> <laughs> you might still be confused. See, we think about using SEPTA versus Uber as demonstrative of the Pen Bubble. Even though most people think of the pen bubble as being physically on Penn's campus, we think of it more as a specific way of interacting with the city. If you're taking an Uber, it's actually like you're staying in the bubble. You get into a car on Penn's campus and you get out at your destination. You're probably with Penn students the whole way. If you're taking SEPTA, you have to walk through Philadelphia to get to the station and you're around Philadelphians. We thought a lot of students at Penn would say that they only take Uber, but what we found was that it was a mix. That was reflective of the other interviews we did with people as well. They had mixed experiences of how often they got into the city and why. In this episode, we'll explore who stays inside and who gets outside the bubble, and if it really exists and what it all means. Teresa Dierkis is from the Philly suburbs and said that she doesn't go into Philly much. She's a freshman in nursing and has gone home to spend time with her family almost every weekend. Over fall break, she met some high school friends at Reading Terminal Market and visited the Mudder Museum. But otherwise, she spends most of her time on Penn's campus. I mean, as I said, I haven't been like in Philly for that long. I mean, because I live right outside of Philly, but there are very different sections of Philly. So you have... Um, uh, like, you have the really nice sections of Philly. Then people say, like, they live in Philly. You're like, really? You live in Philly? Uh, and then I guess you'd have what you call the slums. <laughs> um, and there are a lot of cursing happens there. And um, it's a very interesting section to go into. Um, 
But unless you actually live in Philly, I don't think you can call yourself Philadelphian. And I feel like the pen, or you call it the pen bubble. I think that is actually legit. Like you're on any, like any campus, you're on campus, you're a student. And unless you go out and like explore or live in Philly, you're not really in Philly when you're on campus. So what does it even mean to live in the pen bubble? Well, on some level, everything they need is here. You know, um, you know, you there's tons of restaurants right around here, right? Or the food trucks, or plus dining for people of dining. There's a supermarket. When I was here, there was no supermarket, and and, and it's changed a lot. Um, and you know, there's so many resources on campus. There's plenty of places to study. There's plenty of coffee shops. So you don't need. There's nothing like that compels you to get off campus because there's something that's that's lacking. That was Chris Donovan, Gregory College House Dean. He said the house actively tries to organize events to take students into Philadelphia. He emphasized how leaving the bubble can have a positive impact on students' happiness and stress levels. I asked him why he thinks students stay on campus so much. People are just too hyper busy and hyper committed here. So where do you find the time? Do you prioritize you know, the need to get away? And a lot of our students don't. They're spending so much time in their classes, so much time studying, so much time in 800 different clubs and organizations, or the DP. Um, and, uh, you know, and then they, whatever they're doing kind of socially, it tends to be right here. Um, so I think it's just a matter of prioritizing time. It makes sense that some Penn students get caught in a routine where we don't leave campus. We might venture out once in a while, but on a daily basis, we're wrapped up in the demands of undergraduate life. But there's another dimension to this. For some students, going to the city isn't just unnecessary, it can feel unsafe. We talked to Teresa about how going into Philadelphia feels alone versus with her friends. When you're with someone, it's very different than when you're alone walking in the city. Like, when I was walking in the city, like, obviously I told you I haven't been there that long, but when I went in my junior year, like, sometimes I felt unsafe, because just, like, I was alone, like, people were around, like, uh, but when I was with them, I felt, like, completely safe. Well, in some ways, when it comes to safety, perception is reality, right? Nobody can tell someone that they're safe if they feel unsafe. Someone's feelings about safety will affect how they interact with Philadelphia, and that's fair. But not all Penn students find Philly to be dangerous. Like, I think a lot of people have this impression that walking around the city in general is dangerous. And at least in my experience, I mean, obviously that's from a sort of male perspective, but... In, in general, like, I've found the city to be very safe, at least the parts of the city that aren't primarily residential. Um, like, I'll, I'll walk all the way from 8th Street pretty frequently. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely wouldn't necessarily encourage people to just, like, walk wherever without knowing where they're going. But um, it's not as dangerous as, like, Philadelphia's reputation might make it out. Yeah, and it's even gotten better, I think. Oh yeah, in for sure. recent years. No, Philadelphia, especially Center City and um, Fishtown, the waterfront and whatnot, have gentrified very heavily um, over the past like ten, fifteen years. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, not everyone thinks that's a good thing, but at least in terms of safety, it definitely means that some of those areas are very sort of comfortable places for Penn students to go. That's Sean Youngstone, a student in the college. We should probably mention that Sean isn't a typical Penn student. He spends a ton of time outside the Penn bubble. Usually when I have friends visiting, some of my favorite places to take them are like the Mother Museum, um, the uh, Magic Gardens. Mm -hmm. There's, I don't think a lot of people know about this one, but there's this really, really cool um, 
It's an antique shop on South Street called Charles Neri that's just... I'm not super even super interested in antiques, but it's like packed to the brim with um, lamps and light hangings and drawers and jewelry and like literally everything imaginable. So you're just like in this dense, like four foot wide canyon, like with stuff packed up on either side of you, like forty feet back, and then there's a whole second floor that's like that too. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I haven't been yet this. October, but I, I, I've been to the um, Terror on the Walls in the past at Eastern State Penitentiary, which is really fun. Um, Penitentiary itself is sort of cool, too. They've got, like, an audio tour that Steve Buscemi narrated. Um, That's really cool. And I also like um, just, like, breaking into abandoned buildings. I don't know if that's something you want to publish or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, are there abandoned buildings within the limits of Philly that you break into, or do you have to go farther? Than yeah, um, I mean, I'm... I, I probably shouldn't name specific places, but, like, yeah. there's there's a power plant that I've been that's really cool, and the most recent time I went, there were, like, city workers there, so we didn't go in, but I've been in before, and it's, it's huge. They've just got giant, cavernous central spaces where all the generators used to be, and uh, you can go up on the roof, go up and climb on the smokestacks and come over the city. Um, wow, that's so cool. There's, uh, there's like, an old church... Uh, that I've been to. Um, the Reading Viaduct's pretty cool. I know they, they actually opened it up, parts of it up to the public over the summer for uh, a garden. But the whole thing's pretty easy to get onto. And I know it's currently being like redeveloped, but I know a lot of people who have been to the Divine Lorraine before that started, uh, and I've heard good things about it. Sean is an urban explorer or a trespasser. Depends on how you look at it. He's definitely seeing a side of Philly that many Penn students never get to see. Not only does Sean leave the bubble geographically, he also leaves it socially. And do you have, like, a group of people that you explore this stuff with? Um, like, occasionally I'll just in invite friends from Penn or other people. I, um, I use online dating a lot, too, so, like, uh, Tinder and OkCupid, which is a really great way to meet people who aren't inside the Penn bubble, so I've met a lot of Temple students that way, I've met a lot of Drexel students, um, and, and I think that also gives me, like, various networks of people who I can go do stuff with. Like, I'm, I'm currently part of a D&D &D group in South Philly that I, it's, it's all, like, late 20s and 30-somethings uh, who I just know that, that I ended up joining through someone who I met on OkCupid. I asked if he thinks more students should get off campus. Wall Penn definitely has a lot going for it. Like, I personally, like, am really interested in, like, architecture and art history and stuff and there isn't that you can get some of that on campus but not that much especially considering philadelphia has so many good museums and just so many interesting buildings and uh there, there are a bunch of subcultures in the city that i think people at penn really don't interact with uh, like personally i'm not that attached to them either but like I, I know some people who are very heavily involved in like uh the underground punk scene here and sort of various other groups it's true that the city does have a lot to offer. Like two weeks ago, my friend Adam and I were just walking into Center City and we just found the Philly Fall Fest in the, like, the streets of Center City. And it was a really good time. You know, we just walked around for a while eating tacos and chicken sandwiches. Wait, you ate a chicken sandwich? I thought you were vegetarian. Okay, I didn't eat the chicken sandwich, um, <laughs> but thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was just a really good time. We walked around the streets for a while. We listened to live acts, and there were a ton of, like, Philly people out there drinking in the streets. Like, they had these pineapples filled with alcohol, and I don't know. It was a good time.
So did you feel like a Philadelphian? I still didn't feel like a Philadelphian. I just kind of felt like a Penn student who happened to be in Philly for the afternoon. Yeah, I asked Sean something along the same lines. If he thinks that a Penn student who's here for four years can call themselves a Philadelphian at that point, here's what he said. I think most Penn students tend not to think of themselves as Philadelphians. Um, and I feel like, at least just looking on Facebook, I see a lot more people posting things that they're doing in like New York than they are doing in Philly. Um, I don't know. I think, I think Penn also has a sort of elitism that breeds a tendency to think that anything worthwhile you're going to see and hear about here. Um, and there, there are definitely a few parts of the city that cater to Penn students. Like, I, I know there are a couple, like, from what I've heard, mediocre clubs downtown that a lot of the um, fraternities like to host things at. And I know, I know there are a couple BYOs that are very popular with Penn students. But besides, like, those isolated spots, um, I, I get the impression that most Penn students just don't have a, a beginning point to, like, begin to explore the city, and so they just never get around to it. The thing is, most of the time, there isn't just like a fall fest to walk into on any given day. Actually, I've found that when I'm biking around the city, I usually find something going on. It's one of the things I love about living here. And I always check this blog, You Wish You Knew, because it literally lists every single free event happening over the weekend. And usually they're just like a 10 minute bike ride away. Yeah, I wish I had a bike. But usually I think about going into the city, I'm like, where would I even start? Like Rittenhouse Square? I don't really know what to do or like where I would go exactly. And it's not like I can ask my pen friends for suggestions. My friends aren't calling me up with an underground punk concert or an abandoned building to explore like Sean. Most of the time we just go to Chipotle or we, you know, hang out at my place. We just stay on campus. It's like, it's our routine. It's not part of our routine to get out of the bubble. So it just doesn't really happen. I caught up with a native Philadelphian and college sophomore to see what she thinks about people who don't get off campus, like Leopold. <laughs> I feel like a lot of them don't know about the area or like how to get places. I remember I volunteered for Moving Green and we were talking about like talking about SEPTA for like the new students and like one of the volunteers was under the impression that like the buses were really like sketchy and like you couldn't use them and like I just think there's some misinformation about that, especially because we're in West Philly. Yeah, but do you think that's also because lots of Penn students Uber? Maybe. So they don't think about it. Yeah. yeah. Do you primarily use SEPTA? Yeah. And you like probably grew up using it, right? Yeah. So it's not... I can't, I don't know how to drive, so <laughs> that's the only thing I <laughs> can you <go>. do. <laughs> Necessity. Yeah. Um, so do you think, do you think Penn students are just busy, or are they like not interested in leaving? I feel like they just don't know yeah. about opportunities, except like downtowns when you're like older, I guess. Because mm-hmm. um, there's so many great things in the city to do, but they also could be busy. I mean, if you don't know the area, like it will t- kind of take more to probably find stuff to do. For Anya Gilroy, going outside the pen bubble isn't scary or confusing. It's just where she lives. Freshman and sophomore year, I worked at a coffee shop near my house part-time throughout school, so... I would either work one or two shifts a week, so I'd go home for that, and then usually just stay at home after work, because it was right there. Um, But now, I'm not working there anymore, but I am working in the suburbs of Philadelphia, so I go off campus and take the regional rail every other Friday to go there. What are you doing in the suburbs? Um, I'm working at an environmental consulting firm in Wayne, so I work there this summer, so...
Um, so, do you feel like you you mainly just leave campus to work? Like, otherwise, do you mostly just... I hang out with my friends from the area a lot. Um, my boyfriend, he's from South Philly, so I'm actually probably going to his house tonight. Um, but, like, my best friend of all time, um, I've known her since we were 10. Um, we've been best friends since we were 10, and I usually hang out with her, like, downtown a fair amount. I asked if she thinks all the amenities and resources around campus actually wind up hurting students because they never have to leave. Like, I could see why if you weren't from here, it'd be a little daunting to leave. But I think maybe Penn should be doing more to, like, encourage, like, using the city as, like, a resource. Like, I know there's some classes that will go into the city, but maybe that needs to be done. I don't think that it's bad that there's things here for people, but there's definitely, like, way more to offer, I think. Yeah. Plus, there's, like, the whole issue with, like, University City, like, Penn and Drexel, like, gentrifying the area and, like, moving out all these people. It's just, I think it's good to know, like, history of the area. It's really Penn's history with the local community is definitely a fraught one. We talked to Jenny Bay, a 2014 college graduate who now works at the Netter Center as the academically-based community service coordinator. The Netter Center is very involved in working to be a positive partner with communities that Penn has historically harmed. In 1950s and 60s, a lot of urban communities were expanding, and sometimes those expansions were not thoughtful of the existing community that existed before. And it was same with a lot of urban institutions and campuses, and it was same at Penn. So there were some hostilities between Penn and the community throughout those years. But I do get some questions sometimes about people asking, um, like, do you think you do this work? Like, does the Netter Center think that they do this work because you owe it to the community? And it's a really good question. And there is an element where we are trying to carry this burden of history and amend for the faults. But even if we didn't have this history, we still believe in this work yeah. because we believe that this is an effective way to improve education at higher education institutions and in the public schools. And we believe that this really fits with the democratic mission of higher education, regardless of the history or not. The Netter Center has increased its number of students who volunteer at West Philadelphia schools and take Netter Center academically-based community service courses. But they still have to work to encourage more students to think of themselves as members of West Philadelphia. The Netter Center made an appearance at the annual New Student Orientation Public Safety presentation this year which in the past has featured a video about a girl getting shot in Philadelphia. This year they scrapped that video and invited the Netter Center to speak about their efforts in the community. It was really, really, really exciting for us to be able to represent um, at the Department of Public Safety presentation at NSO where all freshmen are required to attend. So I personally didn't, I wasn't up on the stage, but we had two student leaders. Yeah. Um, they're talking about ways to get involved in Netter Center, about ABCS and about university assisted community school programs. And the message that we really wanted to sit, send is that there is no, we don't want to divide between university, between this university and West Philadelphia, and we don't want an artificial line either. Mm. Like we want students to understand that when they are coming to Penn, they're not coming to a place that exists in a vacuum, but that exists within this complex network of history of different people, um, of different institutions that are existing around us. And we wanted the message to be that 
let's create partnerships, be involved with us and join us in creating partnerships with the community instead of, of thinking of the community as a separate, completely separate entity um, from this institution. We started this episode by asking who's in and who's out of the pen bubble. And we found that most students do find themselves outside of the pen bubble at some point. They realize they live in Philly and not just at Penn, but for many, those moments are few and far between. And there are some students who have found ways to feel like they live in Philly. Everyone also agree that the bubble exists, even though, like Jenny talked about, maybe it shouldn't. But her work isn't about chiding people who have a lot of work or just like to stay home. It's about making sure that people know what's available and have a realistic image of the city itself and where they fit into it. And while we have everything we need right here on campus, there are ways to pop the bubble. This episode was produced by Joyce Varma and edited and hosted by Sydney Shadell and me, Leopold Spongeller. Our music was composed by Andrew Ellis. Quite frankly, it's presented by The Daily Pennsylvanian. If you're interested in joining our team or just want to shoot us a comment, email us at podcasts at the Thanks for joining us and look out for our next episode in two to three weeks.